Today, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass to heal anxiety. Now, this is especially for those of you who have tried many other programs or interventions and you feel like there's just something missing, like these treatments or therapies just keep missing the mark. Or for those of you who've been told that you just need to manage your anxiety and you know that this is utter BS because no one wants to just manage with disruptive anxiety forever. So this masterclass is sharing inside secrets of what it means to truly heal anxiety by understanding the three parts of anxiety and how these are causing problems. The link is in the show notes to register for free. See you there. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long. Ease anxiety for good. Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about self-care. Yes, I know that this is a term that is loosely flung around all over the place and really doesn't mean very much anymore, but listen in because we're going to talk about self-care for anxiety and what you should and should not be doing. As you know, I'm a psychologist, which means that I work in the field of mental health. And that also means that I use the term self-care fairly frequently with my clients. We both know that there is a degree of self-care that is necessary if we want to maintain our mental health. In fact, for most people who are in caregiving roles, whether it be health professionals or otherwise, they're frequently encouraged by their own supervisors to make sure that they're engaging in proper self-care activities. As a fledgling psychologist, way back in my 20s, I thought I knew what self-care really meant. I was fortunate enough to live in a pretty affluent area and I had a lot of my clients talk to me about their facials that they were booking for their monthly self-care or they would promptly march themselves off for a nice spa day and a massage and they really kind of revered in the space that they had to themselves that they were spending all this money on taking care of themselves. And so at the time, I thought spoiling yourself, pampering yourself, taking yourself on special dates would really be the sort of self-care that everyone is talking about when they say you need to look after yourself. So I was not earning a lot of money at the time, but I would save up so that I could also take myself for that special facial. Never mind the fact that I've never really loved having a facial. There's something really uncomfortable about someone rubbing my face for a whole hour. Nonetheless, this is what I thought it meant. If I could go for a massage or a pedicure or I could have my hair done, that this would be the kind of self-care that would help me with my mental health. I mean, after all, all these wonderful ladies that I was working with was doing this for themselves and calling it self-care. It wasn't until I'd had my own children that I began to understand what self-care really means. And I want to share this with you today in case you have some ideas that self-care means you have to spend loads of money that you don't really have on yourself, treat yourself to these extravagant outings in the hopes that somehow that's going to make you feel better. 
And absolutely, if you enjoy facials or massages or having your nails done, there is something really lovely about treating yourself. But is this truly self-care? It's debatable. So after I had children, and for any person who is a parent, you can commiserate, there is very little time for yourself. In fact, you don't land up doing anything for yourself as a priority. We always joke and we see all those memes about mums who have to leave their coffee and never ever get to drink a hot drink again because they'll have that coffee and then the very next thing your child will be asking for something and off you go jumping to their needs and seeing to their every whim, which great parents do, right? There's nothing wrong with that. However, what it means is that you're putting your own needs last in the list of things to see to. So what is self-care really? Yeah, absolutely. You can drop your kids with the babysitter and take yourself for a massage. But sometimes you don't even need to do all of that. I will say that this did take me a few years to learn. So it wasn't something that just came naturally. But I tell you that one day when I made myself a cup of tea and sat down to drink that nice warm cup of tea and my daughter, who at the time was probably about three or four, had asked me to also make her something to drink. And I said, just wait, I'm having my cup of tea. I tell you what, that felt like the most empowering, most self-loving moment that I could ever have given myself. It far surpassed any massage that I'd received up until that moment. And why? Because in that moment, I was saying to myself and my daughter, I matter. The thing that I want to do right now matters as much as the thing that you want me to do for you right now. And in this instance, no one is going to die if I don't just jump up and see to somebody else's needs and sacrifice my own. So this is where a true understanding of self-care was born. Because you see, self-care is not spending huge amounts of money on yourself or treating yourself to things that feel slightly uncomfortable just because it's out of the ordinary and special. Self-care is taking care of yourself the same way that you would take care of somebody else, your children included. You are as important as everybody else in your life. Now, the thing that happens for most of us when we're struggling with anxiety is that we feel so bad about the burden that we've become that we don't put our needs first at all anymore. And most people who have become so anxious are also tending towards the people-pleasing side. In other words, they've always been the kind of people who put everybody else's needs first and never really look at their own. This becomes problematic because what you're implying to yourself when you're always looking after everybody else is that you really don't matter. And there is a small part of you that is desperate to matter, that is desperate to be important and cherished and loved. And so we tend to look for that love or that cherishment or to feel important to somebody else. And if there are no other people in our lives that are meeting that need to make us feel important, well, We could be doing it for ourselves, yet we're always putting our own needs last, which means that even we don't see ourselves as important or something to cherish and love. So why does this matter when we're thinking about anxiety? A huge amount of my clients feel like they have this pressure to take themselves out, to do nice things for themselves so that they can have the self-care and shift their mental state. 
But then because of their anxiety, none of those things feel good to do. And so they don't really meet the mark on helping their mental state. They land up berating themselves for not having attended the nail appointment that they'd booked or canceling the massage last minute or even not being able to schedule them at all because the anxiety keeps getting in the way. And so this act that they're trying to do to have some self-care actually becomes more of a stress and an anxiety-provoking situation. When all that is really needed is to sit back down and ask ourselves, what do I need in this moment? Maybe you don't need to have your nails done, or maybe you don't need to go for a massage or to take a day off. Maybe what you need is just to have a long, hot bath or listen to some good music or to just have a cup of tea and let everybody else wait while you drink that hot drink. Now, we've got to be careful with this, right? Because sometimes anxiety gets in the way and it might tell you that the thing you need is to cancel that engagement that you have with your friends or your family or to avoid going to the store later because, well, you might get anxious. We know that avoidance and anxiety are best friends, but we also know that when we avoid things, we're actually confirming to the anxiety that we don't have what it takes to go out and do this thing, or that we don't have what it takes to cope with anxiety. So every time that you avoid, you actually confirm and strengthen anxiety. Now, we have got to be careful because sometimes self-care and asking what do I need might look like I need to stay home and not do that thing. But that could also be the anxiety talking and the avoidance. So how do we know if it's anxiety speaking or if it's ourselves and the need for self-care? The one thing that I always recommend to my clients is to ask themselves when they made the plan to go to the supermarket or to hang out with a friend, did it feel good when that plan was made? Because often the decision that we're going to make about what's needed, if it's coming from a fight or flight response, it's often not in our best interest. Because fight or flight responses are about hiding, freezing, running away, or fighting. Which means that the decisions that we make about what we need in that moment aren't really aligned with our values or what we might really truly need in the moment. It's rather about meeting the need for survival, right? So when we consider this thing that lies ahead of us, perhaps it's going to the supermarket or perhaps it's hanging out with your friends and you have made the plan to do it. And at the time of making the plan, that plan felt good. It felt like something you needed to do or wanted to do. Because let's face it, as human beings, we want connection. We want to connect with our friends and our family and feel validated and important. So those gatherings are important for your self-care and for your mental health. When you've made the plan and it feels good, then that is the thing that you need. But if as you get closer to that event, you begin to think things like, I'm tired, I'm feeling sick, I don't know that I'm up for this, my anxiety is going to get in the way, and all the host of thoughts that we might have that begin to create reasons why we should not attend that thing. If that begins to happen and you stop and ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? And the response comes up that says, I need to stay home. Well, 
it's very likely that that's anxiety because originally it was a good thing for you and now that you have to do it, we're suddenly coming up with reasons why it's not a good thing. So we don't want to give in to that kind of avoidance. However, at the time of making the plan, like hanging out with friends or going to the supermarket, it did not feel good for whatever reason. Maybe those friends just aren't your close friends and you didn't feel like they would be good for your soul at this moment. Or maybe you knew that going to that supermarket is a bit of a stretch for you at this moment. If at the moment of making the plan, it didn't feel good, but you said yes because you wanted to meet the expectations of someone else, or you wanted to not feel bad or guilty or let anybody down, well then that is not in your self-interest, right? That is not meeting your needs in this moment. That is meeting the needs of somebody else and not putting yourself first. So as you then come closer to that event and your anxiety starts to kick up and you ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? And it comes up that you should miss that event or not go to the supermarket. If you can think back to the time of making that arrangement and it did not feel good, well, then that's in alignment with what's good for you or not, right? It's okay then to skip out on that because you should have said no originally anyway. So you can see that self-care really is about listening in to what the part of you that knows you wants and needs the most. It's not about spending money or lavish gifts to yourself. It really just is about prioritizing yourself. At the core of it, as humans, one of our most basic needs is to feel cherished and important. Every single one of us, at some point, would like our needs to be prioritized above everybody else's. And here's the golden nugget, my friends. You can do that for yourself. You don't need other people to always put you first. If you begin to put you first, then there will always be a part of you that is celebrating that being prioritized and being cherished. You will be meeting that core emotional need for yourself. And that right there is the true self-care that is required when we're wanting to improve our mental state. Thanks for spending time with me today. I'm looking forward to meeting with you next episode next week. See you soon. So that wraps up today's episode and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show, but to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.